Guys, I want to tell you about another awesome podcast. It's called Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Kaufholz, Traversing Life Together. I like that word, traversing. Every Thursday, Eddie shares what's on his diet, Dr. Thunder-fueled brain. Wow. Some weeks will be deep. Some will be ridiculous. This podcast airs on the ridiculous, of course. Mine does. And some will be about his cat. Uh, those are must-catch episodes, but you can always count on being entertained and perhaps even a little inspired to reflect on your own journey. Uh, I would recommend issue number two. It's called Showing Up, and issue number one is called Let's Be Honest. So be sure to check out Doing the Best We Can with Eddie Kaufholz wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew S. Podcast, coming to you from the Story House here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. I'm excited for today's guest, a soon-to-be a two-time guest on the Matthew S. Podcast. She's awesome, and you're going to love this conversation. But first, um, our fall tour is right around the corner, uh, coming up in October. MatthewWest.com slash tour to find out where the My Story, Your Glory tour with special guest Micah Tyler, where we're going to be heading, you need to go. You don't want to miss it. So there's my sales pitch. So go to MatthewWest.com. You can also find out more information about our upcoming special Christmas weekend. It's called Come Home for Christmas, December 1st through the 3rd in Nashville and Franklin, Tennessee. It's going to be a special weekend. A select amount of passes available for that. People come from all around the country and join us for a special weekend. It's like uh, it's like camp almost, more like glam, glam camp, glam. It's not glamorous, but it's not like you're not in a tent. You know what I mean? Anyways, that was a horrible uh, sales pitch for the come home for Christmas weekend. Just take my word for it. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to seeing a whole bunch of you again. Uh, today's guest was first made known on the national spotlight by being on a television show called The Bachelor. And uh, since then has become a best-selling author and she has a brand new book out. And it's a book that I want my daughters to read. So I'm very excited to welcome her back to the Matthew S. Podcast. The first time we met, she didn't have as many names. Madison Pruitt is now Madison Pruitt Trout. The brand new book is called love, The Love Everybody Wants. So let's go to the story house with Madison Pruitt Trout. So the first time I interviewed her, there was one name, there was one less name on the cover of the book. It was just Madison Pruitt mm-hmm. on the first book. Am I right? You are right. So much has happened. So much has happened. Since we have gotten together, you have found a shirt that matches the cover of your new book. <laughs> it's clearly. like it was planned. It's like it was planned. <laughs> you are such a professional. It is now not just Madison Pruitt at the Story House. It's Madison Pruitt Trout with her brand new book. 
uh, in tow, and uh, a lot has happened for you. A Welcome to the Story House again. It's so great to see Thank you. Thank you. You're I amazing. Know. It's so good to be back. I feel like I never left. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it here. It was actually you didn't. You never left, and I it got kind of awkward. Yeah, I know. The and West I, I was just I was hanging out with your daughters, and y'all finally had to be like, we you had gotta to kick go. You out, yeah. Madison. You gotta go live your life. Right. You gotta go get married. And I got married. You and got so married. It worked out. Can we start there? Yeah, let's start. Can there. we talk about life as so now you're a newlywed. Well, let's see. How long has it been a year? It's been almost a year. Almost a year. Almost a year. Mm -hmm. So you're coming up on the one year anniversary. So I'm a professional on marriage. You are a professional. (laughs) You have the book to prove it. I'm like, actually, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the opposite of that. Um, We are figuring it out. The first six months was quite the adjustment, but now it's it's really been just so sweet. I mean, it's it's been a gift just watching like the humility it takes to just lay your life down for someone. And I have been in my prayer closet every morning, just like Lord. (laughs) show me how to be a good wife and it's yeah but it's been so fun and tell me how you met your husband so we what's crazy actually it wasn't that long after we recorded the podcast for my other book that I met him because I was recording a podcast for my first book and one of the podcast hosts at the end of the recording said hey are you single and I was like uh yeah who's asking (laughs) and he was like I have a friend I want to introduce you to but I'm not going to tell you who it is and um Month passed by and he was like, okay, I've prayed about it. I've thought about it. I think you two would be really great together. And I ended up finding out who it was. You know, I was like, he played basketball. He loves Jesus. He's cute. Like, I'll go on a date with him. So and, did you uh, do like Instagram stalking? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I Instagram stalked him. And you approved. Like, approved. you're like, okay. Yeah, I was like, I, he seems awesome. He, I, he just like had posted videos and he just looked like he was fun and joyful and loved God. And I was like, okay, let's like, I'll go on a date with him. And I kid you not, Matthew, on our date, I called my mom right when we finished our date. And I said, I just met my husband. I knew. I just knew. I was like, I've never met someone like this in my whole life. Like the joy he had, he just had this like magnetic personality. And as he was talking about like how Jesus had radically saved his life. Cause he had only been a believer when we met for like three years um, and had just this radical transformation, crazy story and testimony. And I'm like watching him share his, you know, listening to him share his story. And I'm just like, wow, like Incredible. such different stories, such different, you know, upbringings, but at the same time, our love for Jesus, like you could just tell it was, it was there. We were passionate. We were like our poor waiter. He was coming back like every five seconds. Like, uh, do, do you, are you guys Amazing. ready to order? Like Cause we're you just guys were just deep in, in conversation yes. right away. Yeah. Okay. What, what was the restaurant first date? It was a Mexican restaurant called Mi Cocina, Dallas, Texas. In Dallas, Texas. Chill, just a chill restaurant. Cause Dallas, was that where you were living at the mm-hmm. time? Okay. Yeah. So I was living in Dallas. He was from Dallas, but was working at Canacook in Branson, Missouri. Yeah. And which is uh, like a hugely popular Christian yeah, camp. Huge. And he was working there with one of the programs they offer there. And then he came back to Dallas to take me on a date. Wow. <clears throat> and yeah. and was it technically a blind date then? No, because we definitely knew before who we were, but we didn't know anything about each other. We had never talked. We'd never had a conversation. We'd never been around each other. So kind of. And with you having been on The Bachelor, like, did that make dating after, like, were you always just kind of going into a date, like, thinking, okay, this person probably knows me from TV, this is awkward, like, are they really going to like me from, like, was that an added layer of complexity, having been on national TV? 
I think it definitely made it to where I was a little bit more hesitant and I was a little bit more cautious of just right. what are your motives? Um, do you do you want to go on a date with me for my heart and my love for Jesus? And, you know, because you can see us impacting the kingdom together or are there ulterior motives? And so that was, you know, something that had to, that I would go through my mind. But with this situation, because it was such a blind date and it was a trusted source and someone who knew us both, it was, it felt guard down a little bit. I felt great going into it and just, it's like, uh, there's a John Mayer lyric says, who do you love me or the thought of me? Mm. And like, I've always like, I remember thinking, so I met my wife before I got a record deal. I was auditioning for a record deal and I was like, I didn't have anything. And I, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, if she likes me now, (laughs) (laughs) she really likes me. She's going to love me later. Yeah. Yeah. But I can imagine it's like harder when you've like had this big spotlight shine on you. It's like the celebrity component of it can make relationships even more complex or totally. difficult to really decipher like but it sounds like you knew right away Did, now was he texting his family right away I saying think he was a little nervous like one. he was in his head like does she like me and i was like over here like i'm gonna marry him or but, were you trying to like not show him that or were you like you know was it uncontrollable i don't know i i feel like i was still trying to play like cool you yes. know but i didn't want to show all my cards at the beginning you know but also i mean we we were very clear about hey I'm not trying to date just to date. Like my goal is to find the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And so this isn't just meaningless. Like this is, you know, intentional and purposeful. Um, Of course not, they're not being pressure, you know, attached to that, but at the same time, very clearly stating this is our vision and this is our goal. Um, And so we knew that coming into it, but yeah, I don't know. That's incredible. I don't know how he felt. Hey, I wonder if you need to supercharge your hiring. If you do, well, you need Indeed. Uh, If you're like me and uh, you got a lot of stuff going on, you need to find some great people to add to your team, but you don't have a lot of time to spend searching, where do you begin? You begin at Indeed. Indeed makes it easy. They streamline the whole hiring process. It's an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. 2913. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed. So why aren't you? They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. And instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. And that's what I love. You're able to hire and find the right people fast. And you're also able to save money in the process. Here's how. The only job site that where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, that's Indeed. No other job site offers that. So you're saving money and you're finding the right people to add to your team. Join more than 3 million businesses that use Indeed. Start hiring now with a $75 job credit, sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash West. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 job credit now at Indeed.com dot com slash west again indeed.com slash west and support the show by saying that you heard about it on the matthew s podcast indeed.com slash west terms and conditions apply if you need to hire you need indeed so you've moved from dallas to waco texas and you did that because he's working at a church there he 
got hired to work as a young adults pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church wow. in Waco, Texas. And we are just a part of a local church and serving and loving it. And it's it's been really great. Like the, the like transition Waco? at first. Well, the transition at first is a little hard. The, the, there's not a lot of food options. No, what about, but you got all the uh, Chip and Joe, I like know. goodness. It's, and that really does. I love like their coffee shops there. I mean, there's, there's some good, it just took a minute to adjust. But it's not Dallas. It's not Dallas. I mean, Dallas is like, you got a healthy restaurant, coffee shop around every corner, everywhere. Well, and now your dad is a coach at Auburn mm -hmm. uh, basketball, right? Yes. Did you ever live did you live in Auburn, Alabama as yeah. well? Because that's so, very small town. Yeah, it, it, and Waco kind of reminds me of Auburn, honestly, which I love. I do feel at home, college town, smaller town vibes. My dad hates that I have some Baylor shirts now. He's like, excuse me, man. Yeah, you need that Auburn gear. That's but, why I, I was looking for an Auburn shirt today, and I found blue, which is the closest Which I, I appreciate, yeah. and I should have brought you an Auburn shirt next We've time. We've been looking at Auburn, though, my daughter's like my daughter loves Auburn University. We visited, so it's very, uh, I can bring, see why you loved it there. That would bring a tear to my eye. Right? I would love that if she went there. There's great churches and people there. So, yeah. And you graduated from there. I graduated from Auburn and then stayed in Auburn for a little bit and then moved to Birmingham, Alabama before I went on the show. Okay, so yeah. from Birmingham to The Bachelor, mm -hmm. and now Waco, Texas. And now Waco, adjusting, Texas. Adjusting to <laughs> adjusting. Waco, Texas. Yes, Does yes. he travel with you at all when you travel to do speaking engagements or interviews like this, things like that? Not often unless they're in close proximity. Okay. I think, I mean, ministry is pretty pretty full-time, all hands on deck, and so not as much flexibility. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we're we pumped, though, with where God has us, and we know it's where we're supposed to be. Okay, so biggest, uh, like you were saying, the first <laughs> six months adjustment, biggest surprise in the first year of being married of like what married life is like what's the is there Gosh. something that surprised you the most I mean when you do dating God's way you literally go from zero to 100 because it's like you've never I mean we didn't live together we you know hadn't slept together we there were just so many different elements that we were figuring out for the very first time when unlike you get so many in the world yeah yeah I mean and so it's like wow I haven't been around you this much point blank, you know, wow, like yes. I haven't seen how you do your laundry and <laughs> yeah. how you like to eat and all these things, you know, because it was just like before we'd go to restaurants and eat or, yeah. you know, he would drop me off back at, at my house with my roommate. And, and so there was just so much that you learn within, you know, that like dynamic life together, just life 24 together. seven. Yes. And so what, I mean, one of the funniest things was like, even just the way we would spend our mornings, like I wanted to wake up and make breakfast and sit down and have a conversation and talk about about our day and he wanted to like immediately wake up go to coffee shop read the word and um I was like okay this is gonna this is gonna be an adjustment um but then I learned that his way was better and we needed to get in the word of God before we talked because nice. you know there were just moments where we would sit down and have breakfast together before either of us had spent time with Jesus and we would just fight about silly things like wow. over eggs or something and it would just be pointless yeah and so we we did learn pretty early on like okay this gives you life this does not this is what would serve yeah. you and so learning those things i think about each other and really i mean truly just laying your life down for yeah. the other person and i think in singleness and in dating it's a lot easier to be thinking just about yourself like oh you know because you're evaluating the relationship you know does this person can this person lead me can this person serve me and love me well and lead said. me closer to yeah. jesus and then you get married and it's almost like you flip the switch and it's like oh now 
I'm called to lay my life down and like not think about myself and just serve you again and again and again. And so I think that was quite the adjustment. Yeah. I I feel like, um, I've always, I've always said that like getting married was the first like smack in the face with, Oh, it's not all about me. Right. And then like having a kid was like another, like, Oh, it's really not about me, <laughs> yeah. right? And and by yeah. degree, like when you add people to that like inner sanctum, that inner circle of your life and your family grows, there's that reminder of yeah. it's like this, it's this fight against selfishness. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's you talk about married couples fighting about simple things like eggs. It's like <laughs> I've never heard of that. That never happens in the West House. But right. but it is funny. Like I I think if my wife had known, because you know we chose the same path that you chose, and I, I love that. I love the example that. You you've set and that you talk openly about how you chose to date mm-hmm. um, because I, I want my daughters to see that example. And there are not a lot of those examples anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but if my wife would have seen how messy I am beforehand and she jokes right. about how she would come to my like apartment, I had a little duplex in Nashville and every time she would come, you know, I was like going to clean that place up. Right. Like it looked immaculate, right? <laughs> she's like, what happened? Right. And then after, like, now that we're married, it's like, she's like, you were, you fooled me, <laughs> yeah. man. Like you were you the liar. messiest person yeah. ever. So yeah. there are those rude awakenings that we find out. Totally. I love that your rude awakening was, oh, he wants to read the Bible every yeah, morning. Right. Like, if I'm that's like, oh, the, you're holy? No, <laughs> If that's the worst, I think you nailed it. You right. just hit the jackpot. No, totally. But it's just learning the things that this person, you know, what gives them more life or that they prefer or yeah. their expectations and things like that that you just didn't, you know, have to really know when dating. No, it's incredible. And doing it God's way doesn't mean it's going to be easy either, yeah. right? I mean, there right. are going to be those adjustments that are made when you're learning how to coexist with yeah, somebody. Absolutely. What I love about the chance to talk to you today and, you know, a little over a year apart and seeing, you know, so much of our podcast is about it's, you know, so much of my music and my life is about encouraging people to know that, there's power in your story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we're so busy um, running through our stories, not walking through them, but mm-hmm. like racing through our lives so fast that we don't maybe stop long enough to think about how each chapter of our story that we're living can be a chapter that gives God glory. And that if yeah. we allow ourselves to like, see, hey, God, how do you want to use me right now? Like we might be amazed. And sometimes we think, well, I got to have it all figured out before I can be a source of wisdom or encouragement for somebody else. What I'm struck by with like your path is like we've spoken twice and this is your second book, The Love Everybody Wants, What You're Looking For is Already Yours. You are living your story, but like choosing, I was thinking about it this morning, like you're somebody who's living their story, but also daring to like give their story in the middle of it, Mm. right? So you've just gotten married and you've chosen to write this book about love. And I love that it's like, right, it's like literally people are, they're getting to learn with you, yeah. not from you, yeah. with you. Yeah, we're learning in, together. <laughs> in real time. Yeah. And there's an authenticity in that that I love. That mm. So tell me, like, what was it about this book, The Love Everybody Wants, that you felt like, okay, I'm going through this right now. I've just gone through this dating process. I've just met the love of my life. We've just gotten married. I want to share my experience in this book. Yeah. Tell me what went into this inspiration here. So the crazy thing is I started writing this book single and miserable. 
I was... Was that the title? Single and Miserable? <laughs> Should have been. That was the working title. <laughs> Single and Bitter. I'm like, perfect. Honestly, it probably... would be a bestseller. <laughs> like, darn it. Send it to my publishers. They're like, well, you made a mistake. No, I re- I started writing this book, Single, and asking God why. Like, why am I not getting what I want? Mm. And why is it not looking the way that I thought it would? And why is it being given to everyone else but me? And I just, and then it led to, you know, a lot of self-doubt of, am I hard to love? Is there something wrong with me? Am I, do I have a sign on my forehead that says, keep looking, don't choose me, you know? And I just remember wrestling with all of those thoughts and feelings. And so really started writing this book, honestly, as just therapy to myself and reminding myself of God's promises and, and God's truth. And I had this one day where I was um, just in my room and I was praying to the Lord and I was a little frustrated, you know, and I was just like, God, this feels unfair. You know, the desires of my heart, right? Like you put them there. So why aren't you giving them to me, you know, and uh, having that whole moment. And I just felt like he impressed something on my heart that just so convicted me deeply of just Maddie, you're looking for the right thing, just in all the wrong places. Mm. You're looking for divinity and humanity. You're looking for purpose in a person. Mm. You're trying to find your everything in someone else when it can only be found in me. Mm. And it's like, of course, we've probably heard that before, but that just shifted everything for me. I was like, okay, you're right. I've been idolizing this, you know, relationship status or, um, you know, wanting to find a spouse. And that really shifted something in me. And Matthew 22, 36 through 40 what, was what was laid on my heart and the inspiration behind this book, which is the two greatest commandments. And when I read over those verses, I saw it in a new light. And I saw these three three loves like, you know, jump off the pages that Jesus is, is talking about. And not only the importance of these three loves, but also the importance of the order of these three loves. And so that's what I, I talk about in this book, you know, is it's it all starts with Jesus. And mm-hmm. if we don't get that right, you know, so we're going to be number one. That's love. Number one. That's the foundation of everything. And so if we don't get that right, I mean, it's like trying to, to build a house on sand, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just going to keep falling down. Or as soon as a storm comes, like that thing that's is, is crashing. That's right. And uh, which it talks about in Matthew seven. Right. And so it's, it's like, realizing that he is the foundation of all other loves. Mm. Like, and that's what our heart, our our heart was made to be loved and to love him. And so by him and and for him. And so because of that, like trying to find that in anything else is just going to leave us on this endless cycle of of being empty and confused. And so for me, realizing that was so important. And then from there, it goes on to say, in Matthew 22, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we don't know what it looks like to love ourselves the way that God loves us and to view ourselves the way that God views us and to value ourselves the way that God values us, we're going to be trying to find that in someone else. Mm. And so for me, it was, I got to learn how to love God and then love myself, not the world's way, not by spa treatments and (laughs) a lot of Instagram followers and, you know, approval of people, but God's way of finding my identity in him, knowing my worth in Christ so that from that place, I can enter into relationships from a place of abundance and already knowing who I am, already knowing Mm. that I'm whole in Christ and not coming from this place of lack saying, Hey, I need you to complete me or fulfill me. And so that was what, you know, God's spoke to me that really convicted me and that was you know kind of the inspiration behind the book 
Guys, I get to tell you about the NIV Bible for Men. It's new from the Zondervan Bible Publishers. It's designed to help you connect with your identity in Christ. You guys know I write a lot of songs about the topic of identity because it is so important to make sure that our identities are firmly rooted in who God says we are. And the NIV Bible for Men is going to help you do just that. They've got some really unique features like myth articles that expose commonly accepted myths of our culture and refute them with God's word. Profiles of men and women of the Bible, so you go deeper into the character study. Notes that offer clarity into the attributes of God, so knowing who you are, where does that begin? It begins outside of yourself by knowing who God is. Questions for growth that you can answer alone, with a friend, or in a small group. Bibles offer the knowledge, strength, and clarity to navigate life's challenge with Scripture as your guide. It's available in hardcover or leather soft style, so it could be a great gift for uh, the men or man in your life. Find out more and order your copy at amazon.com slash rooted and flourish. That's amazon.com slash rooted and flourish. And then the third love being the love loving people, because once those other two relationships are healthy and strong, that's what sets us up for success, you know, to have healthy and strong relationships with other people. Amazing. What's the, uh, you talk about red flags. Yeah. And as, so as a girl dad, like I think about that and I'm like, I want to, it's funny because we, um, uh, there's a song that may or may not be coming out at some point. Let's go. Uh, well, uh, Am I getting the sneak concept. right now? But, uh, but the, um, the thought of red flags and you kind of lay some red flags out. I was watching on Instagram, you were, you had this post where you were like, popping these balloons <laughs> yes. and they were like red flags. Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about totally. red flags and why you thought it was important to put that in this book? Yeah. Cause really this is, who are you hoping picks this book up? Obviously everybody. I but- mean, everybody, especially women. I, I mean, I think my heart was like, I want women all across the world, no matter believer, non-believer, you know, married, single, and gay, it doesn't matter. Like this is a message for everybody. I was very intentional with what I called this book and I chose to put the word everybody in the title for a reason because I really did want this to be a message that every person understood. Hey, there is a love that is available to all of us, but it's up to us to accept and receive that love. And until we receive it, we're going to be left confused and hopeless mm. for pretty much the rest of our lives. And so I just, I want, I want women to understand all people to understand their worth and value in Christ and knowing because of that, what you deserve and what we're called to give as Christians and believers to other people. Um, and so that was, that's the heart, um, is to find that love in Jesus above all else. Um, but and yeah, red flags. I have a whole chapter on this. Yes. And so, and that's why I like, and red flags are about like having discernment, right? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, right. Totally. So talk about some of the red flags that that you want my daughters, yeah, to be aware of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the chapter title is called "Love Is Blind," and then the subtitle is "Red Flag Alerts." Nice. And basically tackling this idea of like if we don't realize like love shouldn't be blind. Like we should live with an awareness and an understanding of, you know, the love we're called to give and the love we should be receiving, you know, um, from others, especially when it comes to a significant other, because the person we choose to say yes to and spend the rest of our life with is going to have a huge impact on our becoming I mean, and our purpose and absolutely. our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's very, very important. And so the red flags that we tolerate or ignore or overlook at the beginning is going to end up laying the groundwork and foundation for the kind of relationship that we build on. So we should not ignore them. We should pay attention to them. We should lean into them and we should trust that hesitation or that gut feeling we feel inside that feels like, oh, there might be something off or is this really God's best? I would say lean into that. Don't run from it. And so I talk about seven different red flags in the chapter um, of just some things that I've found in my own life, you know, in past relationships or in, you know, some of my friends that I've seen of this is something we should pay attention to. Um, and so one of them is when, you know, your their behaviors and their beliefs don't align. Um, anybody can talk the talk, right? Anybody can say and give the perfect answer, but what do their patterns speak to? What do their, you know, what are their day-to-day decisions? What is their life? You know, who, who they surround themselves with? What does that communicate to you? Sometimes their behavior is truly the only answer we need. I think we can be like, God, give me a sign. You know, is this the person? And God's like, hello, just look at what they're, yeah, yeah, look at how they're treating you. Look at how they treat others. Look at how they, you know, walk with me. They don't walk with me faithfully. They don't, they only walk with me when, you know, it's easier, it's convenient, or it's a Sunday morning, you know? Right. And so really looking at those things and evaluating those things. Um, another one is don't date potential. Hmm. I think it's really easy, um, especially like coming from a woman, speaking from a woman's perspective to want almost this like fixer upper relationship. Like we want, we see the Hollywood movies, right? We like, see the rom-coms and it's like, find the bad boy, turn him good, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's like, not we, a project. Yes. And it's like, that's just not biblical. Like, or we would call it when I was a, a teenager, it was like missionary dating. Yes. It'd be like, my dad would be like, is she a Christian? I'm like, I'm going to make her a Christian. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, Don't worry, dad. Yeah, I got I'm going to save her. And we literally had those conversations in the West house. It was like, yeah. does she love Jesus? I'm like, oh, she will. Yeah. One day. <laughs> mark it down. Yeah, no, exactly. And that, you know, that might be some people's stories, sure. but I think what I've seen for the most part, most of the time, what ends up happening is in your hope to change them, you get changed for the worse um, and you get dragged down and you, you end up compromising your values and your standards and your convictions. And so it may not always turn out that way, but I would say it's probably a 96, 98% chance it turns out that way. And so don't chance it. And you know, my encouragement is don't date a fantasy or a maybe or a one day or a could be like date someone for who they are right now. Like Mm. date someone that when you spend time with them and you're around them, you leave wanting to know Jesus more. Like you're like, this person makes me more like Jesus. This person pushes me closer to Jesus. This person helps me make a difference for Jesus. And they're impacting your, your identity, your faith, your purpose, all for the better. Yeah, if that's already happening, right. then there's a greater chance that that's that going to continue. Be the environment your exactly. married life is going to be. Yeah, it's so true, and I think it's uh, it's something I've encouraged my daughters with so many different times, and at the same time, understanding that like who Maddie's going to be a year from now is different than who Maddie totally. is today, right? Yeah. And the same goes for your husband. Same for my wife. It's like I can honestly, like my wife and I are 20 years into marriage, and it's like who I've become. And because of God working on me, we're all works in progress, right? So there's grace for all of us in that. Mm -hmm. But like who I've become as a result of marrying who God had for me is like I've become a better man because of that. And I think that's one of the great rewards of having high standards, of looking out for red flags and and not like dating a project, yeah. Um, but actually, go no. I want to wait for the person that God has for me. Like the reward of that is that you 
one of the rewards is that you grow as a person. So true. And, and obviously our goal is to look more and more like Jesus every day. Yeah. And have any of us perfected it? Absolutely not. Right. But I love that idea, that warning. The red flag chapter is one that I'm going to highlight for my daughters <laughs> when I lay this yeah, new book I on there. It. And they love to read and they love you too. So like, I, I know I've said this the last time we got to talk, but just, uh, you know, a continued thank you from mm. dads like me going, hey, like, I am just like praying for like godly voices that my daughters can look up to. Mm. Um, and not just voices, but the way that they're living out their yeah. life and their actions and then sending out encouraging words like this. Like, you're you're someone they can look up to and relate to mm. because you're living that out right now and showing, hey, here's, here's how it can be totally. done. All right, I've put the dogs away while I record the podcast. Otherwise, they'd be absolutely interrupting our show. Uh, and instead, I get to interrupt our show by telling you about their favorite dog food. It's called Sundays, and it's healthy, and the dogs are happy. It's easy to store and serve, which makes me happy, and it's very affordable, which makes me super happy. They've also got a new turkey recipe, which is the most palatable recipe yet. Uh, my dogs love it. They've got a ton of energy. They're feeling really good. In fact, a lot of dog parents report noticeable health improvements in their pups, including softer fur, healthier skin, and more energy. I've noticed that in my dogs as well. This is air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. Sundays is healthy, all right? It was co-founded by Dr. Tori Waxman, a practicing vet. It contains 90% real meat and 10% vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. Every recipe has digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger, plus disease-fighting antioxidants. So if you want your dogs to be healthy, if you want to feel good about keeping them healthy, Sundays is the dog food that they're going to love. Sundays is shelf-stable, lightweight, easy to travel with if you're on the go. Every order ships right to your door, which is what I love. So you're never going to worry about running out of dog food again. Plus, get 20% off and free shipping on every subscription order. It costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands, so you're saving money, and they don't waste money on shipping frozen packages. They spend money on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients for your dog. We've worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners of the Matthew West Podcast. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash west. Use the code west at checkout. You're going to get 35% off your first order. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash west. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food that you feed your dog. And it's a counter message to the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Very and counterculture. Talk about a little bit how you felt like you're strong about your faith on social media. You've got a huge social media following. Obviously, um, being on national television, like since being on national television, you're, you've been, you've continued to be outspoken about your faith. Mm. Do you get negative feedback from that? Like, has that been something that you've dealt with and has it ever made you wonder? I know this is a little off topic from the book for a second, but no, yeah. you're you're not mixing words in this book. Like this book is drenched in like the truth of God's word yeah. and God's plan for your life, God's plan for your marriage and your love life and your dating process. Like, has that ever been a struggle where you're like, I want to be bold in my faith, but man, I'm getting such heat. I'm getting such pushback. Yeah. I mean, I think if in today's world, if we're not taking a stand for our faith and getting lashback, if our life doesn't look extremely different than the rest of the world, that should create more 
question marks. And, um, you know, I think that should be more of where we would struggle as believers of like, I can't lay my head down at night knowing that I haven't stood for truth and, you know, said the, like spread the name of Jesus and the good news, you know, of hope that I believe that's changed my life. Um, like who am I to withhold that from other people, even if it comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, there's definitely been moments where it's been really hard. Um, but then, you know, I read the word and I read the Bible and I'm like, it's, it's very clear that they hated Jesus. So of course they're going to hate us. You know, it's clear that if you're of the world and you look like the world, you make sense to the world. But if you're of Jesus and you're following Jesus, you're not going to make sense to the world. And so I've, I think, to me, I almost see it as a compliment and as an inspiration to like, I'm doing something right. So if the it, world li- it lights the fire more so. Most doesn't of the it? time, there's moments where yeah. I'm like, I quit, <laughs> I'm done, yeah. um, for sure. But I would say most of the time, you know, having that that understanding of like one. Like this is all spiritual. Like this is this is a spiritual war. This is a spiritual battle. And our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? It's Ephesians 6. Like our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When I when I get attacked, when I all these things start happening, I'm like, the enemy right now is like doing everything he can to silence me. The enemy is doing everything he can to stop this message from getting out. Yeah. And that's what he does. I mean, for all of us, he doesn't want, you know, the good news being shared. And so um for me, it's just continuing to like remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, my life, my life first is Acts 2024. 20, and I have to remind myself of that constantly of Maddie, your only aim is to finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's why I'm here. Let's and go. so just reminding myself of that um, and not getting caught up in, do people accept me or reject me? Yeah. Do they like me? Do they not? And uh, which goes back to like Galatians 1.10, like, are we living for the approval of people or are we living to please and honor God? Right. Um, and so at the end of the day, knowing I choose to fear God more than I fear people, I choose to please God more than I'm trying to please people, which I don't always do perfectly, right. but I try my best to just continue to come before the Lord and be like, just show me what honors you. Well, you talk about how it's spiritual too is like, and we know, I mean, the enemy would love for nothing more than to absolutely derail your life with an ungodly relationship, right? I mean, what can set you off course more than aligning yourself with someone other than who God had planned for you or entering into a a type of relationship that's not God honoring or you wind up compromising, like you said, making decisions because you've decided to take on a project. And so I could see where the enemy is not going to want a message like this to come out because this is like, hey, let me join you on this journey and let me help you understand what it looks like to have a healthy and whole dating relationship that leads to a healthy marriage and those kinds of things. Talk about um, breaking up with shame. That's one of the things that I, I loved that terminology because you kind of put it in dating terms, Yeah. but what does it mean to break up with shame and why is that so important as we're looking for the love that, that everybody wants? Yeah. I love that you touched on this early earlier because you were saying how like I was writing this from a place of authenticity of what I was actually walking through and not from a place of like, I've already figured it out. Here's my knowledge. And I think that is so true. And so like even me writing on shame and rejection and all of these things, it's like, this is what I'm feeling. And like, this is what I'm faced with. And this is what I'm going through. And one thing that I've, I've learned is just like anytime, 
you know, the enemy promises like, hey, in this sin package that looks so good, if you fall for it, you know, it's going to be pleasurable and freeing and all of these things. And anytime I fall for that, all that comes with it is shame and separation from God and people. Mm. And it's it's so crazy how how he can package it in this, you know, really Make enticing thing. Yeah. But all that comes with it is, is, you know, shame and regret and resentment and so much more. And so I've seen in my own life, you know, my, my struggles with secret sin or whatever it may be that mm-hmm. led to great shame. Um, and one, you know, dangerous thing about shame is that it becomes our identity. Like it's not just like something about, you know, something we've done. It like becomes an identity that we take on. And that's where it can get really, really dangerous and why it is so important to break up with shame because we serve a God of redemption. And so what's so cool is that when I had that moment of realization of like, okay, like for me, college changed everything. Freshman Mm. year of college, you know, I'd been following Jesus for most of my life, but I, you know, finally had this moment where I was like, I want to make my relationship with the Lord my own, not my parents, not my churches, but like my own relationship. And I'd realized that I had been, you know, walking in, you know, just secrecy and and mm. struggling with sin and not telling anyone. And where everything changed for me was when I joined this small group at my church and I just confessed, I confessed sin. And I was like, this is so awkward and this feels so uncomfortable. Right. But I just brought it into the light. And in that, I found so much freedom. Mm. And the shame that I had been walking with and carrying for years that was affecting my confidence, my identity, my value, my relationships, like as soon as I brought it into the light and had believers pray over me, I was like, why would not everybody want to walk in this freedom? Um, but I think for a lot of us, we don't even know that it's available to us or, you know, we've never had the opportunity or maybe been told. Um, and so, you know, one of the, the things that I talk about in breaking up with shame is that like one of the ways you can break up with shame is by walking in the right, like with the right community, mm. you know, having accountability and community around you that you can just confess to and that will call you higher and hold you accountable and pray over you. Um, and then of course, like just being in a right standing yeah. relationship with the Lord and well, repenting. Be- because shame too, like it, as it relates to like what you think you're worthy of, you know, I just think of, the shame in our lives can make us go, well, you're not worthy of a healthy relationship because look at what you've done or look at the relationships you've had in the past or the choices you've made. And so to be free from that is to means to turn from that and then embrace like this, this self-worth that allows us to aim high. (laughs) Absolutely. And sometimes the shame we carry isn't even self-induced. Like sometimes it's something that was done to us or something that what we didn't even have control over. For sure, yeah. And, you know, that's where it can get really hard is when our identity is through the lens of what's been done to us or something that we didn't even have control over. And I I talk about that too, of just there's power even in forgiveness. Um, And just, you know, even if there was someone that, that really hurt you and shaped, you know, how you view yourself because of something that was done to you, there is crazy power in just saying, I forgive you. Even if you don't say it to them, like praying, like, Lord, you know, purify my heart. I want to be holy and blameless before you. And so if there's any, you know, if I'm harboring any unforgiveness or bitterness, like I want to be free. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've always felt like the devil, he doesn't just want to, to get you to, mess up or focus on a messy part of your story whether it's one you've created or one that's been handed to you yeah he he wants to isolate you and get you to believe that you're the only one who has that absolutely and so when you write a story like this and when you tell your story like that you're letting somebody know 
you're not the only one who deals yeah. with shame or you're not the only one who's who's struggled to think that they're worth a healthy relationship or whatever it is. And so I, I feel like there's power in like the community that you're talking yeah. about. It's so good. Talk about the QR codes <laughs> here because I feel like you've done you've created a book where you want it to be interactive beyond just the pages. Yeah. So when I go <coughs> to the end of a chapter, I'm seeing this bonus content with a little squiggly QR code. Yeah. What happens when my daughter goes to that? Yeah. So it'll take you to extra bonus content. Some of it, it it's are like videos of you videos. Or? Um, some of it just prayer audios of prayers. Um, some of it playlists, like different Spotify playlists to like, worship music to listen to. Did you um, curate all that stuff? Was that, was that all your idea? Yeah. That's yeah. So cool. I just was like, I really want, you know, in today's day and age, like I wanted there to be, you know, an interactive, I love uh, it. you know, phone social component to it. I want to steal um, that idea. Do you mind yeah, if I steal please it? Please do. I'm sure someone else has had it before too, but I, uh, I was like, I really want my, my heart in this was to even just like take on culture's approach to love, but then add biblical truths to it. So each chapter title is like different, you know, sayings or phrases or so quotes good. or songs, you know, that our culture says, this is how you date, or this is how you love, or this is, you know, what it looks like to be confident. And I wanted to take those and be like, actually, but this is what God says. And this is what, you know, his truth is. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was just a little additional fun component. How does it feel to have not one, but two books completed and done i know how much hard work it is yeah and i know how nerve-wracking it can be to like release your story into the world but uh this has got to feel pretty exciting right it's exciting it's it's humbling it's nerve-wracking it's this is the most vulnerable thing honestly in this book that i've i've ever done and that's why it's going to resonate with so many people it was uh there were multiple parts where i i would text my mentor and be like i'm really scared to leave this in here should i take it out and she was like no that's the very reason you should leave really? it really and uh, yeah, just things that I open up about, like what I alluded to, you know, 13, 14 year old Maddie struggling with things that she didn't feel that she could share with people. And um, I think that like you, you said this, but the enemy wants us in isolation yeah. because in secrecy, that's where shame spreads. Like in isolation, that's where shame thrives. And so for me, for a long time, just walking in, in things that I didn't feel like I could talk about or I, could, I didn't know how to open up or I felt like this, you know, no one else is struggling with this. Um, was just a lie that I continued believing. And it, and I, because of that, it just affected so much in me and, and I carried shame for a long time. And so in this book, I open up about a lot of those things that it's scary. And like, so it's, it's a vulnerable book. Um, but I'm also very passionate about this message because in the midst of writing this myself, I got so many countless DMS from so many people just saying, I'm struggling with rejection. I'm struggling with shame. Yeah. I don't know how to date. Well, I don't know how to pursue purity in today's world. And I realized I'm not the only one. Yeah. I'm not the only one struggling. You get to, I mean, and I mean, we have to do this. We have to to like shine a light in every dark corner of culture and what the enemy's trying to do, and uh, and wrecking people's lives with unhealthy relationships and unhealthy choices. We have mm -hmm. to. We have to. You know, the Lord has uniquely equipped you and your story and the platform He's given you to be a bright light in that and to help especially young women i know this book's for everybody but yeah. like i just keep you know my vantage point is as a girl totally. dad just going like this is it like mm -hmm. and and, I, and i'm gonna i'm excited to put a copy of this on each of my daughter's beds and say give this a read mm -hmm. and, and prayerfully and just know like this is your father's heart too for yeah. your, your mom and dad pray 
for for you in your life and in the relationships you seek out dating and otherwise yeah. uh, i mean i just think it's so important so the the thing that i'm excited about is it seems like you're determined through every phase of your life to uh keep giving of your story mm. in the midst of it and not waiting you know you're not going to look back when you're 60 someday and say this is my this is my manifesto yeah. like you're just going to keep doing this aren't you like there's probably going to be a book that's going to come out about the first year of marriage or something. Oh Grant's like, no. It's <laughs> like, he, he don't do laundry. Yeah. Is that the title? He don't do laundry. He don't do laundry. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I just, <clears throat> congratulations on like being willing to be, I know congratulations sounds weird. Congratulations on the book, but also thank you for being like willing to be vulnerable and like, hey, I'm going to share from this part of my story in the hopes that it reaches people who yeah. are in the same spot. And may you continue to do that. Like, I think as a songwriter, like that's our journey as well right. of going like, okay, how do I actively like I'm writing my emotions. I'm writing my story in real time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I look back over like songs I've written. I'm like, it's almost like this audio scrapbook of my life. Yeah. Right. And, but there's a reason why you're going through that in that moment. And likely there's something that God can do through it to help somebody else know that they're not alone. Yeah. So 10 more books down the road we'll be coming to the story house and you'll be walking I us through so. every phase i'm like i gotta get back over here soon uh, yeah no i think that's such a good point and i i hope it's encouraging to those even listening that there is power in your story and in allowing god to use you you just you never know like it's just it will blow your mind just saying yes to god and being obedient be to willing, god yeah. and being willing to let him use you in just the way that that could lead to someone else's yes to god that could lead to someone else's step of faith and courage just by you saying yes yeah. and so again it's just that living you know dying to self like it's no longer i who live but christ who lives within me and just having that mindset of like my goal in this life is to just be a light and yeah. to to point others back to Jesus and so remembering that this life isn't about you but it's all about Jesus well you're doing it Madison Pruitt is now Madison Pruitt Trout, Trout. the original title of this book was single and miserable <laughs> but look what God can do it the original cover was going to be black and gray and tears mascara <laughs> down my eyes and instead it's beautiful pink and bright <laughs> and and the title is the love everybody wants what you're looking for is already yours the book's available everywhere when you get the book you get to click on these qr codes after every chapter there's also it looks like there's some guided questions and things like that as well just to be to be digging in and discovering the three loves i love that you said that and i can't wait for my daughters to read this as well congratulations Thank you're you. welcome back at the story house anytime next time i'll wear uh my pink shirt so we oh, can we match, have to match. Yeah. but uh I'm, I'm so excited to see how god's going to use this to help people grow in their in their spiritual lives and in their relationships mm -hmm. with others well thanks for having me all right now it's time for songs from the story house in honor of um Madison Pruitt Trout being my guest and uh, talking about her journey, finding her husband and uh, the book that she wrote about uh, the love that everybody needs. I couldn't help but get sentimental myself and think about uh, the days before I met my wife, Emily, and what an answer to prayer she was. So I thought I would dive way back into a song that I wrote for our wedding. And fun fact, before I was even able to record this song, um, the country group Rascal Flats heard this song and 
they recorded it on their record, uh, the Feels Like Today record. And uh, so this song is on there. If you listen to Rascal Flats, and then I recorded a version because, of course, it's my song for my wife. So, uh, but this was sort of uh, this was played at our wedding, and I just wanted her to know that uh, I was thankful that I never had to go back to the day before I met her. So that's that's the heart behind the song, and it goes like this. I had all but given up on finding the one that I could fall into on the day before you. And I was ready to settle for less than love and not much more. There was no such thing as a dream come true. All but that was on the day before you. Now you're here And everything's changing Suddenly life means so much And I can't wait To wake up tomorrow And find out this promise is true That I never have to go back to day before you all right he's my dad and he gives good advice and so we close out today's show with a segment called dad vice and here's his theme song check it out he's my dad and he gives good advice and that's why this segment is called dad vice Dad, thanks for joining me at the Story House. Hey, thank you, Matthew. You live just across the lawn. Yes, I do. Uh, on yeah. the West Compound. Yeah. Sometimes I'll see you peek out of your <laughs> little curtains checking in on me. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the Story House. <laughs> do you have um, a dad joke that you can share with the good people of planet Earth? Oh, yeah. I've, I've got some good stuff today. Um, why did Humpty Dumpty love autumn? Because Humpty Dumpty... Dumpty <laughs> had a great fall. Come on, he had a great uh, fall. come on, come on. That's pretty good. Uh, how about this one? Why did the tree have to go to work every day this fall? Because he couldn't get any autumn leaves. Couldn't get a leave of absence. You know what I'm saying? Oh my yeah. goodness! That's that. You should have see like. Like a true uh, amateur entertainer, you should have quit while you were ahead. That's right. That's right. The first one was good. So, what are we talking about today? Hey, uh, we're going to talk about uh, don't be discouraged. And we're going to use your song, Praise the Lord, from your double album. And we've been talking a lot about that. And I've told you a thousand times, it's it's hands down the best double album ever, ever <laughs> to be recorded. And you use some words from a great hymn. And they were, to God be the glory, great things he has done. He so loved the world that he gave us his son, who gave up his life, the forgiveness of sin, the gates open wide. He has welcomed us in. Um I begin with a question. Have you ever found yourself discouraged and you feel like you have no reason to praise the Lord? And yeah. uh, that's a no-brainer. I think everybody. everybody's, everybody's been there. Um, maybe 
each one of us feel like you don't have the desire or strength to worship, that's exactly the time we need to begin to praise the Lord. The word discouraged is defined as having lost confidence or enthusiasm, disheartened. David said it perfectly in Psalm 42, 11, Oh, my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act, for I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. He is my help. He is my God. David was saying, right now, I don't have much to praise the Lord for, but I will be able to do that. In this scripture, God is not telling us that it is a sin to be discouraged, but rather he's encouraging you not to live discouraged. We are always going to face days of circumstances where we are discouraged, but let's not build a nest and stay there. Praising the Lord is the answer. Three things we can learn that will help us in times of discouragement. One, God sees you. In 2 Chronicles 2.21, for the eyes of the Lord move back and forth throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. Here's a good quote. Do not be discouraged. Stay focused and believe that God has called you to a greater calling than where you are, much higher than you ever fathom. Secondly, God is going to act. God sees you. God is going to act. Psalm 31, 24, be strong. Let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. Psalm 30, verse 1, I will praise you, O Lord. You have lifted me out of the depths. You turned my mourning into dancing. You talk about being discouraged and encouraged all in one. Thirdly, praise him or using your title, praise the Lord for who he is and what he's about to do. You begin to feel the clouds lift when you praise the Lord. Psalm 100 tells us this. Many of you are familiar with this powerful verse. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Some of your last lyrics, oh, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Oh, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus, his son, and give him the glory, great things he has done. And before my dad, Vice Matthew, I ask you, how many times do you think you said the phrase, praise the Lord? In the song? Yes. I don't know. I was a student. 19 times. There you go. What a reminder. And of course, the Bible's filled with repeated messages. That's right. And praise the Lord is one of them. My dad advice today is no matter if you are feeling discouraged or upset, God sees you and knows everything about your circumstance. He's going to act on your behalf. Be patient. Keep your eyes on him. Hope in him and his promises, and you'll begin to see the discouragement begin to lift as you begin to praise him. That's praise awesome. the Lord. That's yeah. awesome. I got to preach on. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> hey, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Madison Pruitt Trout, and uh, make sure you guys know about her brand new book. It's available everywhere. It's called The Love Everybody Wants What You're Looking For is already yours. I'm going to encourage you to check it out. Um, Maybe you are in the dating phase of your life, or maybe you have kids who are. Um, Check this book out. I highly recommend it, and I'm excited for my daughters, Lulu and Delaney, to read it as well. Also, I want to make sure you remember to go to MatthewWest.com for all of our upcoming tour dates and our Come Home for Christmas weekend. Our ministry is called Pop We, P-O-P-W-E, Org. My family and I have this ministry 
to help speak into the story of your life and also to hear your story. So go to popwe.org today if you'd like to share your story. You can also sign up to receive a free weekly email devotional straight to your inbox. It's called Day One Devos, and I write them every week inspired by my own quiet time. So we'd love to be able to pour into your life that way. So go to popwe.org today. All right, go make the most of the one life you get. And remember, it's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week. Thank you.